0: Praise the Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. Aren't you grateful that you have breath in your lungs and you can still say that? There's many people that would love to say it, but they're not here. They're six feet six under the ground. Uh, always count your blessings. The first blessing is sitting right in your lungs, breath, that comes from God. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about, uh, you know, yesterday we spoke about um, we are unstoppable. And we saw the power of God last night in the book of Acts in in the power of prayer. And we wonder what makes us this incredible people that that we are unstoppable. It's because we carry a power that is beyond understanding. And uh, the saddest thing that can happen with the church is when the church... Uh, divert, f- and just become a lukewarm entity that doesn't know who God is. In the meantime, we serve the Creator. Now, um, I want to read you a scripture reference that I think you've never heard in your whole life. And it's Ephesians 3 verse 20. <laughs> now, those of you that laughed, is probably the ones that know the scriptures. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He doesn't just say ask, he says ask or think. How many of you realize that you can think much bigger than what you can do? I mean, come on, your imagination comes from God. He says um, to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church. So here he talks about a power, an ability that, uh, or a force, a power that is, that is above us that can do beyond what we can even imagine. And we all know the scripture refers to God because he is the one uh, that is immeasurable. Now I want to talk to you about an immeasurable God. Not a measurable God, a God that you cannot measure Come on. Uh, how many of you realize that everything that man makes can be measured? There's nothing that man built that does not have a measurement. But anything that God does is beyond man's imagination. It's, it's, you cannot measure it with a measuring stick. And, uh, and if you and I serve a God that has the ability... To operate in a world that cannot be measured, then we need to stand still for a moment and say, whoa, let me, let me just have another check on who is God and, 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 and what is all about. Now, the word immeasurable, uh, and I'm just reading it, I just Googled it, so this doesn't, doesn't come from heaven, it came, comes from Google. <laughs> is it okay if I read you something from Google? Immeasurable, it means um, too large. Extensive or extreme to measure. Now, why do we even have the word immeasurable? Because of God. On the earth, we use the word immeasurable because uh, we have limitations here. But in the heavens, there is not a word such as immeasurable. Because in heaven, there is no limitations. There's no limitations whatever. Whatever. And uh, so the word immeasurable means too large, extensive, or extreme to measure. Uh, Incalculable, inestimable, innumerable, untold, limitless, boundless, unbounded, unlimited, uh, illimitable, infinite, countless, never-ending, interminable, endless, inexhaustible, vast, Immense, extensive, great, abundant. Now, when you look at all those words, you wonder why does these words even exist? Why is there even words like that because of God? If there was not a Creator, we would not have had those words that try to explain that it's you cannot measure Him. How many of you are just grateful? that the God that cannot be measured has put a portion of his spirit in you. Wow. Now, you know, the one cow stood in the field with the other cow. I got this idea today because Pastor showed me his ball. No. The one cow stood in the field and he, he says, Moo. And the other cow looked at him and he says, You stupid. I was about to say that. How many of you realize that when the cow say moo and these friend says moo too, that's, that's the limit of where they can go? I mean, <laughs> you need to write that down. That's incredible revelation. I got it here in Hebrew Springs when I watched the bull today. <laughs> Take me back there tomorrow. Maybe I'll get another revelation. <laughs> I need to come to Hebrew Springs. I will teach you more about moose and cows. But okay, no, I'm just teasing you. The reason I bring that in here is because that's animals. And that is the limitation of animals. For the rest of the life of that cow, the only word that will come out of his mouth is moo. But you know what? God, the, the, the creator that I'm talking about, the imaginable God that I want to talk about tonight is a God who, who says... Uh, I, want, but I want to put my spirit in the, 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 the in creation, not in creation, but in the crown of creation. And the crown of creation is you. And, and, and I want to say to you, thank God, uh, we need to stop being just a moo that goes around, and we need to rediscover who we are in Christ Jesus. Um, now, let me just say a few other things. Because the question is this, if if God say these incredible things and he is this incredible creator, uh, we need to stand still and just ask one or two questions about him and just have another look at him and and try to wrap our thinking around him. Because the Bible says in Romans one twelve verse 1 and 2 that unless your mind is renewed, you will never really know who God is. Your mind must be renewed in order to comprehend to a certain degree who he is. Um, I just looked at this this afternoon. 1.3 million times the earth, the size of the earth, that goes into the moon. You need to take the size of the earth, multiply it by 1.3 million, and then you will get the size of the moon. Now let me say this. You and I cannot even wrap our thinking around the earth just one earth. We cannot do it. Well, the reality is that 1.3 million times the earth gives us the size of the moon. You say, well, I don't want to know this. No, I just want to show you that your creator made that. He, had, he, he made, that's God. So when God says that I want to I, I, I can do much more than what you can ask or think. You need to th- you need to re- rethink who is he. Come on. Uh, the distance between the Earth and the Moon is twenty eight to thirty two Earths. Now the reason it's between twenty eight and thirty two is because at certain times the distance because there's always move movement between the galaxies. Now we will not go into more detail because I'm not a scientist. <laughs> and, I, and that's as deep as I can probably go. I cannot go deeper than that. But I just want to bring this into the story because I want to show you that we serve this creator who made all of this, and then he, has, he, he He gave his life for us by sending his son so that he can pull us into his world, and, and he say to us, Why don't you dream a little bit more? Why don't you go bigger because I'm ready. I, I, I cannot wait for you to explore who I am. That's why he says uh, he can do much more than we, than we can ask or think. Now, it is also a fact that the scientists at the moment, they, they discover there's even more galaxies out there. Why? Why do they discover there's more galaxies? Because God is a creator. I mean, God does not have a limit in space. He's vast. He's endless. I told you, immeasurable. We will only discover one day when we go into eternity, we will fully understand how mighty God is and who he really is. Uh, But church, the the reason I do this is because I want to see, I want to come to a conclusion. Who do I serve? You know, in Africa, we say, they talk about a little Picanini God. Now, we do not serve a Picanini God. We don't serve a little God that jumps on my lap and then I'll pat him on his back and i make him feel good. No, no, no. I serve the God who created the moon, sun, and the stars. Now, when you, look at, when you look at the galaxies, when you look at the earth and you look at the fact that there's 32 earths between the earth and the moon... You almost want to ask God, and I don't I don't I'm not even gonna give you the mileage, you want to ask the first question is God, why did you leave so much space between the earth and the moon? I mean, Lord, you've wasted a lot of space. I mean, God, but you see, that's from my perspective. From my perspective, I feel like Why why don't you shorten the distance between the earth and the moon? You make it so extremely difficult for us to travel to the moon. Uh, But you know, that's from my perspective. From his perspective, when he looks at that and he he even enjoys the space because even that is part of his creation. Come on. You see, even the space... (laughs) It's created by God. He just hanged the earth over here, and he hanged the moon over there. And that is his word that I'm reading to you tonight. He's an immeasurable God. And that's why when the spirit of this living God comes into you, you and I will sometimes feel like somebody we cannot behold. We cannot contain what we carry. And uh, I don't know whether I'm going to blow your mind tonight, but uh, this is what I have now a prophet prophesy a teacher teach but the creator creates so when you look at the whole creation that is his canvas how many of you realize an artist that paints needs a canvas before he can paint now i have just given you a little insight into the canvas of the creator and uh, and then when we go into the detail of the earth you even have a place with the name of arkansas And then, come on, I'm I'm talking about the immeasurable God. Now, you you, you find the same God in um, Isaiah 54, and watch what he says. He says, sing, O barren. Now, barren people don't sing. But when, when the Creator has the microphone, he speaks beyond your understanding. That's why we are not here for a man's word. We are here for the creator's word. And when he speaks, you need to open the womb of your spirit. Because your mind cannot comprehend, but your spirit has the ability to grab a hold of God. Because the Bible says God is spirit. The Bible does not say God is science or God is history. If if the Bible said that God is science or history, then only those who get 100% for science and history, they will understand God. But then only the smart people will understand God. But the Bible says God is spirit, and that is why you don't need to have it up here, but when you can move in the spirit, that's why you will find people in Africa that cannot read or write, but they know God by the spirit. They cannot do an intellectual discussion with you, but when the move the Spirit of the Lord starts to move, they have an authority that the professor don't have because they operate in the spirit. And those who, those, if you want to know God, you must know him by the Spirit. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, you need to get your mind to be renewed because your mind, if your spirit knows God and your mind is not renewed and God speaks into your spirit, your mind will reject it. Come on. Because if God say give you a prophetic word in your spirit and you need to prophesy, it, the first thing that's going to happen, if your mind is going to say, have you lost your marbles? You cannot prophesy this to this woman. But when you hear it in the spirit and your mind is renewed and your mind is subject to your spirit, you say, no, no, no. I just heard the voice of God and I'm going to prophesy it. And that's when miracles start to happen. Amen. Are you excited? So he says, "Single O barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Says the Creator. Come on. And... Um, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your courts and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. So what God is saying, sing, O barren, start to celebrate in your barrenness. Don't start your celebration when something good happen. Start your celebration in your barrenness. You see, with the Lord, when God speaks a word, God says, I am am your security, I'm your sponsor. You can start to celebrate in your barrenness because he says in verse 4, you will not be ashamed. Church, with this kind of God, you and I cannot be ashamed. He, he's going to make our life work out well, OK. neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will not forget the shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood any anymore. So we're talking about an immeasurable God. We're talking about that created the universe, and this God has put his spirit in me. What does he say to Jeremiah in, 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 in Jeremiah 1? You will find that God said to Jeremiah, I will put my words, Jeremiah 1 verse 9, I will put my words in your mouth. Now, that's mind-blowing that the Creator who made all the galaxies is saying, I want to put my words in your mouth. What am I saying to you tonight, church? God says, don't measure God in Hebrew Springs with a measuring stick that you buy at Walmart. Because you're going to be frustrated. God is saying to you, uh, you cannot measure me, but I want to come. That's why the scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No, we just make that a a statement or a song that we put into a song. No, 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 that's a reality. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I look forward to the day that ordinary Christians will start to take God serious and say, my goodness, the creator is willing to put some of his words on my tongue and ask me to speak it on his behalf. Can can, Can you just rethink that? That's powerful. Now, how do we how do we step into the greater of of who God is? One of the things that is for me is the most amazing things is that God can speak a word over a a a person's life and then it starts to manifest. You know, um people say, well, the love of Jesus is the most outstanding thing for them or the grace of God is the most outstanding. Well, the grace of God is incredible. The love of Christ is incredible. Uh, But one of the things for me that is outstanding is that this incredible God who hang all the galaxies out there, the moon and Jupiter and all these galaxies, he comes and he communicates with me and you personally, and then he says to Jeremiah, and he's saying to us the same thing, would you mind if I put some of my words in your mouth and I just want you to prophesy it? Come on. So, so what is God saying to us tonight? God is saying, don't measure me. Don't put me in a box and, and, and join me on this journey. I want to take you somewhere where you're going to discover some incredible things in your walk with the Lord. You know, church, it's one thing to come in and just preach hell and brimstone, and, 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 and it's very important for people to be saved, and it's very important for people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But Jesus is not just a rescue Jesus. Once he saves us and once he, he cleanses us and once he forgive our sins, he's saying, to, he's saying, come walk with me. Come talk with me. In the old days, when I was young, there was an old song that they sang, he walked with me and he talks with me. I remember that old song. How many of you are just have an appetite to walk and talk with God again? Now, how do you walk and talk with God? How how do you tap into the immeasurable God that we just spoke about? Expansion, expansion will be found in activation. You cannot expand. The Bible says expand your borders. Expand your borders. But the first thing God said in in Isaiah 54, he says, Sing, O barren. He doesn't say uh, once your barrenness is broken, start to sing. He says, sing, O barren. So what he's saying is, Act. Get active. Get active. And the moment you get active, you will step into activation. You will step step into something that's going to happen. Now, you, you remember the story in Second Kings chapter four, where um, uh, the woman who lost her husband came to the prophet Elijah, Elisha, and, and 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 she said to him in verse one, she says, "My husband is dead, and the creditors coming to take my two sons to be his slaves." And she thought Elisha's going to give her a word. And Elisha did not give her a word. Well, thus says the Lord, I will rescue you and you will have no problems and, and money will come tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. No, none of that. You know what did Elisha said? He says, what do you have in the house? And she said to the prophet, oh, I have a little jar of oil. Now, the little jar of oil in her house represented the Holy Spirit. And uh, Elisha, who was a prophet, said to her, I'm not going to give you a word, but I'm just going to send you back to the power that is in your house. Now, when you look at that chapter, Elisha is the prophet. The woman is a type of the church. She had two sons because she said to Elisha, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. You see, the sons is, 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 was her ministry. The word son means ministry, and the word son means carrier of future generations. And, and, and so basically, uh, she said, um, the creditor is coming to take my ministries and put them into captivity. And that's the purpose of the devil. He wants to put us all into captivity. Now, the creditor is a type of Satan. So here is the prophet, and the prophet, she ran to the prophet for a word, and the prophet says, no, I'm not going to prophesy to you, but I'm going to refer you back to the one that's already in your home. You just said you've got a jar of oil. That's where, your, that's where your miracle is. Now, what happened? He said to her, go and take that jar of oil, but before you take the jar, go and get a lot of containers from all your neighbors, and then he even said to her, do not gather just a few, so he, he gave her no limitation. He says, do, don't, don't have a poverty man because he said to her do not gather just a few but he never gave her a limitation and uh, what did she do she gathered a lot of jars and she shut the doors and she she took the jar of oil and what did she do she activated the oil before you can see the immeasurability of God you must get something and you must activate something in your life come on and she took the jar and she poured the oil Now, there came a moment that she poured more oil than what she had. And when she filled the first container, she said to the boys, bring me another container. And she poured and she filled filled all the containers. So what happened is she poured more oil than what she ever had. So there's a gift in you that God says, if I can get you to activate it, you will step into the world of endlessness. Watch this. Because she she said at one time, she says, bring me another container. And the one boy said, mom, there is no more containers. And the Bible says, and the oil stopped. You see, the key is in your hand to determine where your blessing will stop. Because the moment the son said there is no more oil, what's happened? The Bible says, and the oil ceased. Come on. How many of you must must admit tonight that sometimes the blessings of God or something godly in our life ceased because we made a decision and we said something with our mouth and we made a confession with our mouth and we don't know what's going on because we're we're not blessed anymore. No, God says, change what you say with your mouth because the moment the boy says there is no more containers, the oil heard it and the Bible says and the oil stopped. That tells me that God is working with my mouth. And I'm telling you, church, when, when I read these things, I want to I redo my mouth. I, I want to I take a few words back that I've said in my life and say, can I say it over again? Because I have just discovered that my mouth carry the key to more in Christ Jesus. Wow. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that we have enough oil in our midst to start an awakening right here in Arkansas. You say, oh, pastor, I I, I choose to disagree with you. No, I choose to disagree with you because I'm not a cow and I don't have one moo and that's where my whole life ends. Come on. I have much more to go for. I was, I'm the crown of God's creation. The animals is just part of God's creation, but I am the crown of God's creation. God did not invest his spirit in a cow. That's why we kill them when we eat the meat, because tomorrow we kill another one. But we are human beings, come on, and we carry the spirit of the living God, and we have the ability to step into the unknown, and I am about to pour my gift into America, and I don't care what you say, but if I keep on pouring, God can start an awakening. Because I serve the God who created the moon and the stars, and if he can do that, man, and he was willing to put his words like Jeremiah in my mouth, then I'm willing to open my big mouth and shout it out from the rooftops that God is about to mess America. Oh, come on. How do you walk? How does a little baby learn to walk? You don't send your child that's a toddler and that's six months old and say, we're going to send, mom and dad is going to send you to a walking school and they're going to teach you how to walk. And nine months from now, you're going to walk. You don't send your child to a walking school. Your child has the gift in him. He, there's a desire in that little thing. By nine months, he feels, I want to get onto my legs. I don't know how to get onto it, but I'm going to start with my knees. And, and then when he, cr- he starts to crawl, he say, oh, my baby has just started crawling five minutes after eight this morning. Well, why? There's a, there's, a, there's a desire in that little baby to crawl. And then then that little baby stands up against the walls. Why? Because there's a, there's a walk walk. in the baby, and the baby have decided that I'm going to have to use my little leg and give my first step and give my second step, because if you don't walk, you will never walk. If you don't talk, you will never talk. If you don't prophesy, you will never prophesy. If you don't sow, you will never reap. If you don't do something, you will never see something. Amen. Come on. I'm nice. (laughs) So God created the whole universe, and God is saying to us that unless, if you want, if you want expansion, do something. Isaiah 54, sing, O Baron, Amen? Did you enjoy that? Yeah. You know what? The most important thing is when we come to meetings like this, we always say, oh, we have a gifted guy, and he's going to prophesy over us, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And it's all about the guy and what he's going to do. But the question is this, what are you going to do? Because, you know, I can give, I mean, I know people, they have 20 prophecies and they put it on the shelf and they're still stuck in the mud where they were stuck 20 years ago because they think the prophecy will do it for them. No, no, no. If you don't walk the Word, the, walk will, the, the, the Word will never work for you. Now, why do I say all these things? Because, there is a gift in you now. When I look at God, the artist, he, he created the universe and, and, and the whole universe came out of Jesus. Let there be a light. If he never opened his mouth, we would never have had light. He had to open his mouth and he had to start to speak words and he created by speaking things into existence. And he gives us that same power. So so the gift of the universe was in God. Before the universe was the universe, the universe was in God. But you could not see the universe in God until he started to release the universe through words. Wow, what am I talking about tonight? He started to talk and speak, and the moment he started talk and speak, bang, 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 bang things started to happen. Wow. So the universe came out of God. I remember in the early 80s, I received several prophecies, and you will always hear hear me refer back to that, because I'm I'm not a big Bible school graduate. I'm one of those guys. I was on the road with a prophet, and and then all of a sudden, things started to happen. But I remember words that were spoken over my life, and and, and how the Lord said that um, that, uh, the gift in you will make room for you. Do you know that uh, the, the greatest reason why I travel the world is not because I'm smart, but But the moment I opened my mouth, I found out, oh my goodness, the people like what I do and they like what I say. I need to say more so that they can like me more. No, that's not really how it works because I'm not Facebook but what am I saying to you? Unless you open your mouth, we will never know what comes out of you. Unless you start to do something, we will never know what is hidden in you. And thank God that he He did not lock up on himself, but that he allowed the whole universe to come out of him. And one day when we go to heaven, he's going to show us what the rest of the universe looked like. And I think he's going to blow our mind with who he really is, because then we will operate with him in a glorified body, and we will see things exactly. Exactly the way he sees things. That's why as long as you're on the earth, you cannot get to the full depth and the full length of who he is. But at least you can get much further than where you are tonight. Now. So, God is the artist, and he spoke, and he, the ca, his canvas is the, the whole universe, and the scientist is still trying to de- determine what, did, what else did he paint. And now they discover more galaxies, and they come back, and they say to us, you will not believe us. We have better cameras now. We've come across more galaxies. That's my God. That's my God. And he made it so personal, he sent Jesus his son, and now he's telling me that Jesus is my oldest brother. He's not a foreigner. He's my oldest brother. I mean, goodness. My mom and dad, we are three children, but my oldest brother. Come on, how many of you are just proud of your oldest brother? He's the son of the living God. He sits on the right hand side of the Father. He's the creator, and he's here to say to you tonight, come on, get out of your shell. Get out of your hiding place. And step out and, and 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 walk with me now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, I I was very fortunate at a certain t- time of my life where I I worked with artists. I I, I was in, a, in an art business. When uh, when I resigned my church and I I. God did something extraordinary. He gave, I had a natural eye for, for, for good pieces of work, Our art. I'm talking about art. And, um, and I met a, a multimillionaire, and he introduced me into the art world, and I've learned how, what, what, what art should look like, commercial art, uh, uh, impressionistic art, uh, traditional art, uh, water paint, oil, mixed media, and th- there's a lot. So I've learned about artists, and then as I've learned about artists and how the art game work, today I understand more of it, although I, I, there's much more that I can learn because there's other people that is just light years ahead of me because I didn't make that my profession. But once I've, once I've started to see how art works, I will go, I, I know I knew about, at that time I knew about 56 artists, good artists, and, and I've seen their work going global. But I've met some artists that when they go to the canvas, I ask them, what are you going to paint? And then they say, I don't know. I said, but do you have an idea? And then they say, well, yeah, I do have an idea. Uh, I remember many, many years ago, uh, Adrian Bosov, he, he passed away. He was a Pentecostal man. He he was a great artist, and he did very impressionistic work. And he was very good with women and children uh, figure studies. And um, and I bought a painting those days, and the painting cost me eighteen thousand rand, not dollars, rand. Now those days, eighteen thousand rand is about one thousand two hundred dollars. And uh, so I bought this painting, it was a pretty large painting, beautifully framed, and I knew that I have a, a good piece of art, and, um, and I built a house, and I needed money, and I said to my friend, I said, um, let's, uh, let's sell this painting again, because I need the money, and he sold it to somebody for 20,000 rand, so we made 2,000 rand profit, and we had to split the, 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 the profit, so I got 1,000 rand, which is about uh, 80 dollars. A few years went by and I discovered that that same size painting is now selling for 700,000 rand. And another 10 years went by and now that same painting is selling for 1.8 million rand. So now that painting is about 120, 130,000 dollars worth. It could even be more by now. Then I've learned, uh, then then I discovered, and when you go to Adrian Bosov, he's an older man, and he's a very kind man, a very humble man, and then he will have three pieces on the easel there, and then I will ask him, Uncle uh, Adrian, when will this one be finished? And then I will think it's finished, but he will say, no, no, I'm not finished with that one. And and then I, I come to this one, and I look at this one, and I... I said, him, when will this one be finished? He says, no, I'm not happy with that one either. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it there. And then quickly I will, I will count the numbers of the three paintings. And I will say to myself, there's about three million rents sitting on three easels here. Where did it come from? It came out of an old man that had a gift. But if the old man has never gone to the canvas... The canvas would never, never receive this gift. You see, he had to go to the canvas and get some brushes out and get some paint out and start to paint what he feels comes out of him. Where did the gift comes to paint? It comes from God. And every time he starts to paint, the people will buy the paintings. I say, can I buy one? No, it's not no one of them. Well, I couldn't buy the paintings. It's 500,000 rand. But there was a time that I could buy some Adrian Bosov's when they were cheaper. And we all knew this man, his work is going to explode. He's a brilliant artist. Now, there's many of those today. But what am I saying to you? So now this old man will paint... And then when he's finished with this one, uh, he will say to somebody, okay, I want 700,000 Rand cash. And they will bring the cash quickly because they're afraid there's 10 other guys that want to buy that painting because they're going to sell that painting for double that price because he sells it to you to a price that you can sell it for double and finance the painting. That's how big the art world is. Today I know people, they travel from one nation to another nation to go and deliver a piece of art that was bought over the Internet They deliver it. Their flight ticket is included, and they fly back, and the money is transferred. That's how big it is. But what am I trying to say to you? When I say to Uncle Adrian, I say, Adrian, uh, the wealth is in you. There's a gift in you. There's wealth in you. There's hundreds and thousands of dollars in you. But if you don't go to the canvas, you're going to die poor. If you don't go to the canvas, if you don't buy paint and get a brush, You're going to die poor. And when I saw that, the Lord said to me, prophesy. Because if you don't prophesy, I cannot start a work. And I want to say to you tonight, you serve an imaginable God who says, I can do much more than what you can do or think, but I can do nothing for you unless you go to the canvas. Now, what is the canvas? For the artist who paints, it's a canvas in the real terms. For God, the creator, it is a different canvas. His canvas is too big for all of us. But God has given all of us a canvas of some sort. You know, Pastor Lee's canvas is not mine. I mean, he pastors the church, but he lives outside the city here, and he's got a few pigs that he's going to kill this Saturday, and I hope I'm not spilling the beans. But uh, but I, I, maybe his canvas is more pigs. Then I want to say, brother, get yourself in place and buy more pigs. Do something because if you don't go to your canvas, God says, I cannot show you my immeasurable, my incredible ability to bless you. God does not bless people that sit on pews, God bless movers. Amen. You know, to a certain extent, if I don't preach, I cannot live. Well, I don't preach to live, I preach to expand the glory of God and expand his kingdom. But the Bible also says that those that preach the gospel will live from the gospel. So I better open my mouth tonight and I better open up my mouth tomorrow night or I'm not going to have a piece of bread on my table by Wednesday. And I still need to pay the Chinaman that's coming in from China tomorrow night. And I still need to pay a guy that comes from Armenia. And I need to pay the Marriott Hotel $800 tomorrow morning. So I better keep on preaching, amen? Because if I don't go to the canvas, I'm not going to paint it. If I don't paint, nobody's going to buy it. Thank you for your excitement. (laughs) What am I saying? The Bible says he can do much more than what you can do or think. He can. But what he's saying is, I'm not going to do anything unless you go to the canvas. What I, why do I use the canvas? Because I have seen with my eyes how ordinary people discovered that they can paint. And how they started to paint. And I have so many success stories that I've seen. Let, let me say this to you church. Was it not for God who has called me. I was, would probably be a multimillionaire a few times over. Mr. Trump would have called me and I will not call him. Just kidding. I'm serious. I've seen how it works. And I have seen how people, and once they discover that they have a gift to paint, and people come into their homes to buy the painting, all they do is they get up tomorrow morning and they paint another one. But tomorrow night after 5 o'clock, they've got a lot of money. And, and I remember how we bought the paintings, and you can still smell the paint because it's wet. It takes about seven days to dry, and I'll put it in the car, and when we drive home, you smell paint in the car because it's wet paint on a canvas. And we became used to it, and we said, "Mm mm-hmm, that's the smell of money. Come on. That's why when they're going to kill those pigs Saturday morning, and they hear the sound of those poor pigs that's going to be killed, Uh, His wife is not in agreement with him. I pray that some of those pigs get away because I don't want to murder. But anyway, I'm telling you, when you go to his place on Saturday morning, you're going to smell money because he's going to sell those pigs. Don't sow everything. Sell some of it because you need money, brother. Amen. He's saying yes, low key. He doesn't want you to hear it. Church, what am I saying to you? If you don't go to your canvas, and your canvas is different than mine, God cannot bless you. God cannot use you. You, you chop off, basically, you, you bind his hands. That's what Elisha said to the woman. He says, I can give you a word, but you're going to activate it. I'm going to tell you your answer is in that oil that is in your house, but it's your oil. It's your gift. God has given to you, and we all have a measure of God's gift Come on, we all have a measure of his spirit. There's not a single human being that's ever been born that does not have a measure of God's spirit because God says, I have given all of creation a measure of my spirit. And God says, show me that you trust what I've given you and go to the canvas and I'll show you that I can do more than what you can ask or think. That's why he said to the the Baron in Isaiah 54 saying, Well, I'm barren. I don't feel like singing. God says, sing. Well, I I don't have any reason to sing. God says, sing. Yeah, but I'm barren. Well, God says, sing. Yeah, but I will sing when I am pregnant. God says, no, sing now before you get pregnant. Because you will not get pregnant if you don't sing. But if you sing, I will make sure you get pregnant. I cannot say that again. Come on, church. Now, when I say pregnant, I'm not talking about a natural child. Even the men is included. And some of you women need to say to your husband, it's about time that you start to do something. Because the reason God cannot bless us is because you don't do anything. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not one of these men tonight because some of these women is going to say to them, oh, come here, baby, I need to talk to you. You heard what pastor said? No, both of us. Come on, if you're married, you're in the covenant, so both of you need to do your share. But what I'm saying to you, church, there's people sitting here, and God says, you will be surprised what will come out of you if you will just go to the canvas, go to that situation and pick up your hand and, and, and do something, and you never know. You could be an Adrian Bosov who will paint one painting, and you will pay, you will get your whole year's income. How many of you believe that God can put a gift in one man and he can, he can sell it and he can have a whole year's income? Come on. Church, I can tell you stories that will blow your mind. I bought a painting one day of, uh, of uh, Bunzire. The, the last name is Bunzire. I forgot the name. And I, it's a, it's a, it, it was watercolor. And I bought this painting and I knew I bought a great piece. I got it for 5,000 Rand, which was not a lot of money. And again, when I built my house, because you buy painting, you buy painting, you buy, and then all of a sudden you buy a good one. You say, "Okay, I'm, I'm glad I got a hold of this one." Okay, so now you keep them. And when I and, and I drove to Johannesburg, and I took that out that, that 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 bonsai painting with me, What a color and I said to this guy, he's a multimillionaire, and. Um, And I said to him, sir, I'm building a house and I just want to sell this painting back to you. And immediately he took the painting and he opened his checkbook and he wrote me a check and he gives it to me. And I got more money than what I paid for it when I bought it from him. And after he gave me the check, he walked over to his son and he gave a laugh to him. He says, this guy doesn't know what he just sold to me. What am I saying to you? God will put things in your hands. Well, I had to sell it because I needed the money. But then on the other hand, there was another artist, and I'm telling you from my own experiences how it worked, There was another artist and and he passed away and he did some good work and I had an eye for good and I I identified it and I went to a gallery one day and I I saw that his work is on the the wall and I knew he just passed away and I thought they probably don't know that he passed away. And I said to the gentleman, what's your price on that painting? And it's 2,000 rand. I bought it for 2,000 rand. I walked out. I said, are you aware that this man passed? He says, no. I said, well, now you are. (laughs) Come on, there's a Jew in me. Don't blame me. My older brother is a Jew. I mean, some of them just judge me here, Brother Andy. I mean, my older brother is a Jew. What do you expect me to be? Come on. Shake off that Hebrew spring poverty mentality and come out of your hiding place and say, I serve a God that is immeasurable and this God says, I want to get you to the canvas so that I can show you what was sitting inside of you and yet you never knew it. I had a professor one day, he called me. He's a professor of theology years ago. He called me and says, Brother Andre, I want to see you. Uh, he's a professor. I mean, and I, I said, Professor, why do you want to see me? He says, no, I want to talk, talk to you about your sermons. And, and I thought to myself, oh, Lord. Wow. I must have said something because I have the gift to say the wrong thing. I mean, if you say so, if you speak as fast as, fast as I speak in as many, you, you're going to say something that's not right. Anyway, so he said, oh, I want to come and see you. And I thought to myself, Oh, Lord. I must have preached somewhere, something, and he heard about it. And I, 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 try, to, I try to put a distance between us on the telephone. I, I don't want him to come to my house. I don't have time to spend time with a professor. I don't want to No, I, I don't No, no, no. I'm not that type. And uh, so I said, what is the problem, sir? And he, and he says, no, it's not a problem. He said, I want to see how do you read the Bible? I said, what do you mean, how do I read the Bible? And he said to me, sir... When you preach the word, you say things that I never see. God reveal things to you that I never see. Things come out of you when you speak about a scripture that I've never seen before. And I knew immediately what he meant. I said, Oh, 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 oh yeah, I know what you meant. And, and even this week, um, The church in CT Church, they asked me uh, to to send them a sermon because they want to send all the notes to all their cell churches. And I said to the pastor, man, I don't know. Most of the time I don't have notes. The reason I have notes here is because I had to make notes about the the moon and and the distance and, and, you know, and the 1.3 million and all of that. But anyway, so so I, I sent Pastor Don two days ago. I quickly said all my notes because I don't have notes. I said, sorry, man, I don't have notes, but I will try and get you some notes so that you can send it to your cell churches. So I put all my notes in there. I said, and I said it right at the end, I said, just pray that I will be able to to say what I've just sent you now, because by the time I get there, the anointing is going to come over me, and then I'm going to say much more than what I've put on my notes. But if you want notes, you can have notes, okay? But when I get there Sunday morning, I'm not going to have notes because I've discovered that when I open my big mouth and I go to the canvas then I start to preach things that I've never read before and I discussed discover it was in me all the time come on somebody say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world no 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 say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world turn to somebody and say to that person It's time for you to go to the canvas. Her name is Shirley. Know what's her name? Ashley. Ashley, say to that big old guy next to you, tell him, it's time for for you to go to the canvas. Don't laugh about it. They are nervous now. I've seen it. I've seen it many times. I remember an old man, he was a great Pentecostal man, Hendrik van Aswegen. He's, if he opens his one hand, it looks like bananas a cluster of bananas. It is so thick. And that old man was not the best artist, but he discovered that he can paint. And then he started to paint. And because the anointing was on him was a penny, I started to sell his art. I said, and then I call him. It's still with. I said, Um Hendrik. That means Uncle Hendrik. I said, Um Hendrik. Skuller noch my. That means paint me another one. That one is sold. Then he, says, then he says to me, oh, pastor, you sold it so quickly? I says, yes. I said, paint another one. I said, I'm coming back tomorrow. He says, pastor, call me before you come because I must make sure it's a good one and it's finished. That old man with a hand that looks like bananas, he discovered the old fingers may not look good, but the gift in him. Once he puts it on the canvas, it creates finances for the church where he was and for his family and for me. And I have discovered the same principle works in different canvases, different worlds. And the Lord says, don't try to become a natural artist that paint paintings, but go to your plumber canvas. Your school teacher canvas maybe you are a good reader and you just love certain things in a certain area of your life you feel that you are just drawn to do certain things in a certain area be careful that could be the canvas area where your gift is in hiding come on how many of you say tonight Lord I need to go to the canvas Now, you see, I can give you a word, and I can prophesy, and I can lay my hands on you, and and I can spit, and I can roll. (laughs) But if you don't go to the canvas, God can do nothing. Elisha got a word, and he said to his servant, Go to the empty sky. Go check it out. Rain is coming. He announced it. Seven times the servant came back and said, there's no, there's no clouds in the sky. Every time the prophet said, go back. The prophet did not take the word back. I said, oh, there's nothing in the cloud. Okay, I'll just take that back. No. He says, no. I tell you, I release it with my mouth. There's clouds coming to the sky. Rain will come. Seventh time he came back, he says, Mr. Prophet, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. In that case, the prophet said, our canvas is the sky. He said, go to this ocean and look at the sky. We all have a sky. We all have a canvas. We all have a certain zone, a certain area in our life where we say, God, Can you do something in my life? Can you bring something into my life? Can you do a miracle in this area of my life? God says, I can. But go and buy some brushes. Go and buy some paint. Look at your canvas. And start dreaming. What can I paint here? Once an artist discovers that he can put something, come on, the paint in the, in the paint jar is just one color. But when the artist is finished, he mixes all the colors. And you say, oh, wow. Uncle, Adrian, where did you get this? Do you have a picture of this? And he will say, no. It's in here. And I will say, but you know what? Um Andre Adrian, you're going to get a lot of money for this painting. This is a brilliant piece. And then he will be humble and he will say, well, somebody offered me this, but I feel like it's worth a little bit more. That's when he becomes mature in his gifting. Come on. I want to say to this church, even the church has a canvas and you need to decide. God can do beyond but we need to do first we need to activate the gift when she poured that oil she filled all the containers she sold the oil she gave the creditor the money he wanted, and Elisha said to her sell the oil and live on the rest live on the rest there's a translation that says that Elisha has put her on a royal pension. There was so much wealth in her pouring that she could go on a royal pension. I want to encourage you. And I want to say to you, don't underestimate or don't underestimate the world you live in. Don't underestimate Hebrew Springs. You say, oh, pastor, this is Hebrew Springs. What can we do in Hebrew Springs? You don't know. You will never know what can come out of Hebrew Springs until somebody take this word and says, my God can do exceedingly more than what I can pray, ask, or think. Because my God is the creator of the universe. And if the creation comes out of him, then I guess there's something that needs to come out of me. I hope this makes sense. Because I have spoken something tonight that just burned in my heart. I didn't know what I would say, but then the Lord just said to me, the word is immeasurable. Immeasurable. Because the Lord said to me, Andre, Every time you think of, of the challenges that is in front of you, your financial challenges, the leadership, the upper rooms, the conferences, your traveling, you want to get your little measuring stick out. you, know, you want to measure oh god, how, how will I make this and how will I make this God and oh God, oh God, oh God how will I and, and then you find oh your measuring stick is too short. Uh, And you you measure everything. You measure everything. You measure your finances. You measure your thinking. You measure your dreams. You measure everything. And every time you find out your measuring stick is, is, my measuring stick is just not, you cannot measure him. (laughs) You cannot measure him. You can measure my house. Because man built it. You can measure my shoes. Because man made it. But you cannot measure my gift. That comes from God. Because you have no idea. What it's going to look like when it comes out. Wow. Somebody say wow. Say say. Pray this prayer. But keep your eyes open. Say Lord. Lord. Deliver me from my measuring stick. Can I tell you how we measure? Oh, my mother didn't do this, and my father couldn't do this, and I come out of a family that is just disabled, and my family could never do this, and my family could never, and we measure the family, and we say, Oh, our family, the Smith family. Oh, brother, the Smith family, we have never, we've never uh, uh, amounted to much in life. Stop measuring the Smith family. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have just been born into a new family. And your older brother carries the moon in his one hand. He balances Jupiter. And he decided, I want to get some space between the moon and the earth. And when you sit with your older brother and you say, Jesus, now that I look at the moon and the earth from your perspective, I must say, I like the space. Come on, isn't that amazing? When I sit with my older brother and we just, I said, Jesus, wow, when I looked at the space from my human perspective, I could not even imagine you wanted that way. But now that I look at it from your perspective, it looks good. It's like Peter. He got out of the ship, he's fearful. He walked on the ocean in the storm and when he met Jesus on the ocean and he looked back to the ship, all of a sudden when he looked at the ship from Jesus' perspective, I think he said to Jesus, hey, gee, <laughs> looks good. It's no wonder, Jesus, when we were in the ship and we were about to die, you shout from, from on the ocean and you say, don't fear, it is me. You see, from your perspective, you will always fear. From his perspective, oh, Jesus, now I can, now, now that I'm in the ocean on the water and I'm standing here with you and the 11 disciples are still stuck in that human ship made out of wood, now that I see it from your perspective, it's no wonder you said to us, don't fear, it's me. Come on somebody say, there's a gift in me. And no longer will I hide it. Come on church, I never I've never in my whole life in 36 years ever preached on prosperity. Never. I don't need to preach prosperity to prove to you that God's good. But I want to say this to you. There's one or two people, maybe there's more, sitting here. there's a millionaire's money in you, but God has a problem. He cannot get you to the canvas because you don't trust your brush, you don't trust the paint and you don't know what the gift in you look like. Can I get some keyboards? when the artist go to the painting and he paints that painting and he looks at it and he realizes that came out of me. They gave me 500, they want to give me 500,000 Rand for this. And then I've, I've talked to artists when they started off. They said, I can't believe it. I never thought, I never thought the gift in me is this good is it worth 500,000 yeah 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 Ah, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world come on you two it's about time that you guys go to the canvas yeah yeah she's got her paint out your paint is still in the tin the jar get your brushes out. Get your canvases out. What are you going to do if you start to paint and all of a sudden the gift that comes out of you take you all over the world? Is your pastor Andre we're going to go all over I don't know. I, I don't know. I can prophesy. But sometimes it's better that we discover what's in us before somebody come and prophesy to us. Because the, sometimes when you prophesy too much to one person, they sit and wait, and they don't go to the canvas. Abraham were going, not knowing. Bible says Abraham felt foreign when he were going, not knowing. I remember there was times in my life that I felt foreign. I remember what the prophet said, but I said, Lord, Jesus, oh God. Now, it's 17 years later in America. When a man of God comes to me and he wrote me an email and he said, I think what I've seen in the op room happened this week is the first footprint of the great awakening. Look what he wrote to me. When another leader comes to me, and he bend over to me and he say, Brother Andre, we need to talk. I think this could be the fire that can take America. <gasps> Are you sure? Where did it start? I was in my basement in my office, and I said, What do you want, Lord? okay, God, I'm going to call five men, five men on a telephone. I want to talk to you. God spoke to me. And I talked to them for an hour and a half. What did I do? I went to the canvas. I took my paint, and I started to paint. I spoke words. I got I got it out of me. I got what he spoke in me out of me. And when I got out of me, all of a sudden, people fell out of the power of God. People weep. And they come back and they say, oh, this is God, this is God, this is God. Where was it all the time? It was in me. Because after God spoke to me, I said, oh, no, God, I'm not going to do this. God, I'm going to lose my ministry. God, I'm going to be a fool. God, I can never do this. I can never do this. God, I can never do this. And God says, well, you've got two options. You can go back to a normal kind of thing or you can go to the canvas. I said, God, I don't want to miss you. I'm going to go to the canvas. God, I'm gonna get my brush out, I'm gonna get my faith out, I'm gonna get my gift out, I'm gonna make a telephone call, I'm gonna call them. And Jesus, this is what I said to the Lord I said, Lord, if I lose my ministry, it's fine, but I will go to the canvas. Well, it's now seven years later, and I haven't lost my ministry. And Friday morning, I will have 70 people, leaders. Friday night, a, a lady flying in from New York. Things are starting to happen. Leaders are coming in. They are so excited. The guy from Appeal to Heaven in America that was at the at the, at the Lincoln Memorial a few months ago, uh, Appeal to Heaven. Have you ever heard about Appeal to Heaven? Rick Curry, he will be there Friday morning. Why does he come? Not because I'm good, but I went to the canvas, and now they saw the canvas, and they say, Oh, this is God. This is God. This is God. And when they say, This is God, I say, Oh, my God, that comes out of me. And I never knew that was in me. But, God, I had to go to the canvas so that it could get on the canvas, so that other people can see it. And now they buy it. And they say, hey, let's go to Hong Kong. Let's go to Armenia. Last week, oh, Brother Andre, you must go to Armenia. I said, okay, okay, okay. You can go to Armenia. hang on. One thing at a time. I hope I make sense. I want to bless you. I want to help you. You sit there in the back and you say, well, I'm old and what can I do? No. As long as you have breath in your lungs, God says, the reason I keep breath in your lungs is because I want to get the gift out of you before I take your breath. So don't waste my breath. Don't waste my breath. As long as you have breath and you are a gift to write a song, write a song. Don't waste my breath. If you say tonight, Pastor Andre, I want to make God a promise. I now that I know who he is and what he's about to do, I want to make him a promise that I will go back to my canvas. And I will say to him, Jesus, work through me, dream through me, walk through me, talk through me. Amen. Come on. Next time you see a little baby crawl, why? Why is that little baby crawling? Because the little baby is actually saying, "I'm going to my canvas because I've got a gift in me. and one of these days I'm gonna walk. I want to be like a little boy i want to, i never want the little boy in me to die when i was in that business one night we had we needed money we needed money and, and i was four years old and i said i'm already, come come and pray with mom and i and we we bend our knees we kneel before the bed and i prayed i said lord i'm gonna go out tonight i've got some art business with me but Jesus I need a major financial miracle and I'm going to go to somebody tonight and Lord Jesus I'm going to pray that you will give us a deal tonight I put on in bed with Naomi and she was there when we prayed she went to bed next morning I made a good deal that night next morning, oh the next morning I heard the, the little footsteps coming out of the bedroom coming down the steps and I said to Naomi here she comes and she's going to ask me And when she came into the room, she said, Daddy, Daddy, how much did you make last night? She did not ask me, did you sell something? No. She says, how much did you make last night? I said to her, I've covered the whole budget. You see, when you are a child and you're not polluted up here, you think more like Jesus than when you become an adult. You don't say, did it work? You say, how much? Come on. That's what Elijah did. Elisha said to the woman, he didn't when, when she came back and she said, Oh, sir, I've done what you've said, I've poured the oil. Elisha never said to her, Did it work? In his mindset, because he knows who the creator is, that question doesn't exist. Jesus never said, Let there be a light. And then the father asked Jesus, Hey son, did it work? Let there be fishes and let there be mountains. And then the father say, hey, come on, son. Did that work? God's word always work. God's word can never return void. God does not have the ability to tell a lie. So come on, you guys. Stand on your feet and run to the altar and say, Jesus, I'm going back to the canvas.